here with um, somebody that I'm super pumped to have a conversation with, Braylon Oliver. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, honored to, to be on. Thank you so much for, for having me pumped for this yeah. conversation today. It's going to be great. And anyone listening to this, what this is, is it's conversations. And Braylon and I are simply going to have a conversation as if we were drinking coffee or tea um, in uh Seattle, we could be in Los Angeles, we could be in Florida, we could be in Kansas City in a hotel till 2 a.m. chatting. Um, but today we're going to have a conversation over Zoom. So Braylon, tell us a little bit about who you are, your story. Um, I know you have uh, a wife, so tell us a little bit about who you are. Yes, um, my name is Braylon and my story really is I have an amazing wife. Uh, we have a two and a half year old named Ocean Wild Oliver my little light skinned prince uh, <laughs> with blonde curly hair. Yeah. Um, and we actually have another one, another kid on the way. So soon to be a dad of two, but uh, I've been married for seven years to my uh, amazing wife, Carly. And um, we currently live in Spokane, Washington, which mm -hmm. most listeners probably don't know where that is. If you follow college basketball, that's where Gonzaga plays. And if you're like, who's Gonzaga? It's the team in the March Madness tournament that usually has like four or five white guys starting and they go yep. much farther than a team with four or five white guys should go. Um, I live in that place. So that's kind of my, my claim to, to fame. Um, but I have lived a life of being in, in full-time ministry, got a chance to work with some amazing um, churches, specifically spent a lot of time at, at church home in a very variety of roles. Um, but that whole time really had a passion for technology and how technology can actually serve the church um, and not vice versa. Uh, I think nowadays um, it can get a little confusing or challenging when churches think they have to serve technology, but I've always loved um, really the technological space, the digital space. Um, so went from ministry to working for uh, some awesome tech companies that serve um, churches and serve the faith space and now find myself um, in, in a role in a space that I'm completely honored to be in uh, and don't deserve to be in, but the head of creator relations for uh, a company called Faithful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm a big Faithful guy. We'll get into that. Um, I'm real faithful, you know, Braylon. You kidding. get it. You get it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty faithful. Um, no, moving on. Just kidding. Um, yeah. So tell us. So you said you're in full time ministry. A yes. lot of the viewers are in ministry or maybe even hungry to get into ministry of some sort, whatever that means. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey of how you kind of jumped into the ministry space? Um, and you're still in ministry, right? Like we're all in ministry. We're all in ministry yeah. with somebody, but um, kind of that journey. Yeah. Um, I was probably like uh, some of the listeners, I was one of the like annoying kids in high school, part of their youth group that was like, I'm going to be in ministry one day. And <laughs> yeah. then of course I did again, probably like a lot of the listeners, I did uh, an intern program um, at, at my church uh, at city church, now church home. I did an intern program and was the like big headed, annoying, like needed to be humbled intern guy that just yep. thought I was God's gift to ministry and, and the world, um, which is not the case at all. Um, but was just, I, I love, I loved my, my local church and my life was changed at, at my church. 
Um, and so I just wanted to be a part of, of that life change. I thought it was yeah. the coolest thing that I had youth leaders and youth pastors that would come visit me at lunch. And I knew how that made me feel. And so I wanted to pass that along. I wanted to be the cool youth leader that was coming onto campuses and brightening up some little kids day. Um, little kid, I was like 17, but feel so little. Um, so I just had that, that interaction. I was first impacted by ministry before yeah. I felt called to ministry, which I think is very um, important and, and crucial when it comes to even just a healthy perspective of ministry is I think first you need to be impacted by it. Um, right. Even when you're in ministry, you need to continue to be impacted by the ministry that, that you lead, not just lead the ministry. Um, so I did okay. that. And then uh, after I was an intern, kind of went on a crazy journey of finding myself and trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I had, you know, uh, a little season there where I put two middle fingers up to um, church and God and did the whole, like, I need to find myself thing. Did I waste my, my life? You know, all that stuff. I was like 21 asking, did I waste my life? <laughs> right. Um, what a loser. Uh, but got it all figured out. Actually, I didn't figure any of it out. God just kind of slapped me in the face. And I had some pretty crazy moments and nights that led me back to um, the most kind of humble place. Uh, of my, my life. So once I was 23, started working um, yet again, full-time for uh, my church and was the kids pastor. So started out as a kids pastor. Um, I was one of the kids pastors. There was a, quite a team of us and yeah. then did that and then um, ended up becoming the campus pastor of church homes, downtown location, right downtown in Seattle. So all in all was in ministry for uh, seven years Wow. Being the campus pastor for the last three years of that. Yeah. Well, something that I love um, is just being around you in Kansas City and having dialogue was, um, and obviously this is a, uh, you're probably one of the most refreshing people I've been around. And you can even, viewers, anyone can probably just tell by this conversation that um, you're, you're light and you're um, fun, you're smiling, you're joking. Um Something that I wanted to ask was how did you learn through, it might it might have been when you were younger or even in ministry, how to ask great questions? That's a great question. Um, I, I, I was taught uh, to, to play this game. Uh, yep. When you get done hanging out with somebody, the game is you win the game if they talk more than you talk. Mm. Um, one of the best ways to show that you value somebody is to listen. Yeah. And, and I love to value people because I love people. And I think people are very important. And I think people are special. And I think their stories are special. I think their perspectives are special. And I just truly believe um, that every opportunity I have with someone is an opportunity for me to learn mm -hmm. and for my perspective to grow and for me to just feel connection and become a better person because of the person uh, that I'm in front of or yeah. because of the person that I'm sitting next to on a couch in a hotel lobby in Kansas City. Right. Um, so I just always want to value people uh, mm -hmm. and I want people to feel special and, and important. And I think for me, one of the easiest ways to do that is to ask questions, to listen to people, to, to learn about them, even if you only have an hour with them, just to find out who they are, how they tick, how they think. Um, and so I just want to win that game. I always want to listen more than I talk. I always want to, which is funny on a podcast like this, that like I'm giving very long-winded answers to say, I want to be the guy that just listens and barely talks. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of a, 
uh, oxymoron at the moment, <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. But I just always want to win the game. I always want to ask more questions than the other person. I always want to uh, listen more um, than, than talking more. Because again, it just all stems back to people and the importance of people. And I think if you love people, like I, I just decided, and I was taught this by my pastor, Pastor Judah, I was taught you have to love people more than your opinions. And I know that sounds so like easy, like duh. Um, but I think you can tell if someone loves their people more than their opinions or opinions more than people by just how much they talk. Wow. It's so good. Yeah, that was something that my wife and I left our conversation just feeling refreshed. And it's funny, it's almost like a like an oxymoron, like you said, of like, I'm asking questions to listen. But in that they actually we like you use the word influence, like there's there's influence in asking questions. Um, and even earlier, you said you were kind of the, the young, hungry, prideful, like, hey, I'm called all yeah. to this point of um, humbling yourself, you said, and then asking a lot of questions and being the great friend and leader you are now. Um, it's just super encouraging to me. And I hope anyone listening to this, um, ask more questions. And if you don't know how to ask questions, a book that changed my life was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Some super practical, practical questions to ask people. But Braylon, you're part of this team, Faithful. Tell us a little bit about what Faithful is, uh, maybe the journey of starting it, and you even saying, hey, I want to be on board to this because it sounds like something that I, I would love to be a part of. Yeah, well, thank you for asking and caring about even what we're a part of and, and what we're doing. Um, we think it's special, but uh, just because you think something special, that doesn't mean that other people do. <laughs> right. Um, so Faithful is a digital platform. It is subscription-based content. Uh, it is very similar to Patreon, but specifically for the Christian space. Um, and so Faithful is a place where you can come on and you can uh, subscribe to um, different Christian content creators and really get exclusive content mm -hmm. and deeper access in a way that no other social media platform uh, allows. And kind of our whole mission is deeper connections through exclusive content and intentional community. And that's our mission. That's why we created the platform. Um, that's what gets me waking up, coming back to work. I work from home, but coming back yeah. to work every day is, um, I truly, truly believe that as technology is being used by God to share the story of Jesus, get more people saved uh, than ever before. Um, I, I heard this stat. I don't know how legitimate it is, but I heard a stat that in 2021 through YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, that they believe that over 12 million people gave their life to Jesus through wow. a social media type of platform, right? Yeah. So with that happening, right, we see so many people sharing the good news of Jesus, churches, individuals, just like yourself, um, that are sharing the gospel. So now that people are giving their lives, is there a same digital platform, if they give their life digitally, is there a platform that can disciple uh, effectively in that same way, which is a digital means. So that's what we're trying to accomplish on um, Faithful is really to create a platform that allows people to go deeper with these um, amazing men and women that have impacted their life. Yeah, for sure. And I, for anyone listening, I've been a part of Faithful for I think like three months now, just trying to getting into the game of um, creating specific content. And I've found it super valuable to not only connect with people in a deeper way, but also to um, 
it helps me grow and think differently when I have to be so specific and dialed in and not just like a general post on Instagram. Like I, yeah. I'm specifically helping people go from A to B. Um, and on the other side of it, I'm partnering with other people who are creating content to learn from them. Um, whether that be like a communicator huddle or somebody's teaching theology of a new way. Um, it's helped me lead better, um, more aligns from creating side and consuming. Um, something that I, I always find interesting, and I had a conversation with um, a social media influencer or whatever title um, that is, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> um, about the, the social media, the technology side in the local church. So I think people can pendulum swing one or the other. And I think there's actually a beautiful um, equilibrium that we could find. Talk to us a little bit about how the local church, like you said, um, the technology local church balance, um, one should fuel the other. And right now you guys are being a solution to that. Talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, about the balance of the local church and technology? Yeah, I think, I think some, some people like are anti-social media, but then I think some people um, only are following someone on Instagram and that's their journey. Um, where do you find the balance of that? And also how can us as listeners and you and I be a solution to both of those? Yes, I, I actually love this question. Um, let's go back to right, Paul, who, you know, we wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Paul, who um, is in a lot of ways the you know the father of of the faith really helped start the churches that that we know um and you know we can learn so much from paul in his letters to the churches that he planted that he passed off and so looking at paul and even the early church they actually really leaned into technology yeah. i know that sounds crazy because it was like their technology they rode donkeys bro there was <laughs> no technology um but even like how the uh, original churches or churches in antiquity in these times were built, the architecture was cutting edge technology mm. with how they built it for the acoustics to then bounce off the walls and go farther. Think they didn't have microphones, but they had these massive rooms where their voices needed to travel. So how they actually built the churches or even the outdoor uh, auditoriums coming from bot stage on the bottom to the seating up top how that actually propelled voices was cutting edge technology that only the church was using you then see the roman empire then took this and then they started to build a lot of those things you know then caesar sees it and kind of does it all, all over the world but if you look into it and study it the church started a lot of these things right they really leaned into technology if even if you look at how paul funded his ministry Paul had a tent making business. That's actually what financially between the church of Philippi and his business, that's what really funded Paul and allowed him to do all the things that we know that Paul went on to do. Um, right. So I think there's two things that Paul did specifically that we can learn from today that is even if I can be so bold, even looked down upon by some Christians when we see influencer pastors do that. Right. Right. We kind of will scoff at a pastor that leans into technology or scoff at a pastor that has a side hustle of some kind. But Paul himself did both of these things um, in a cutting edge way that we sometimes forget. Um, so I think that uh, Paul was a great example of it. I think that um, every single church has to 
run with the grace that is on that that church yeah right there are there are uh i was just at my dad's church in phoenix arizona last sunday got a chance to preach for my dad it was awesome my dad has a small black church uh predominantly black people basically all black people my wife and my mom were the only two white people in the room about 25 people um so my dad's church has a specific grace and calling if my dad's church tried to get up and do like a Hillsong worship set on a Sunday, it would just be so weird and people would be confused and they would be so thrown off by like, like a white dude in skinny jeans. Like they just wouldn't get it <laughs> right? because I, I believe their church has a specific calling and the people that they have to have to reach. So I think as you stay in your lane of who you are as a church or who you are as a minister, who you are as a person or a business, understanding that there's still a part that technology plays but if you're not this church that has the means or is cutting edge or has people that um embrace even um innovative ideas then going all in on technology probably isn't the best but with where your church is at however i still think there's a way that technology can actually serve you and help you accomplish the call of your church um in a small or major way or degree yeah I don't know if that answers no, your question. Sorry I think it's great. Much, I, mean, long, I remember, long. no, it's so good. Um, I even remember back at my my first church that I served at and volunteered at and eventually worked at, it was like um, heresy to download Instagram and to post and to maybe think that somebody in our city would be reached through that. And it was like, guys, let's just try it. Why not? Yeah. Um, like, what's the worst that could come out of this? And something that you you said, and I think that um, even a, a, a viewer who has 500 followers struggles with just as much as 5 million is comparison. We look yeah. at somebody else's growth or somebody else's fruit um, and we compare it. And then we're not running in the grace that God actually placed in us, um, which takes some time and discipline and people in your life to to question and say, hey man, why are you doing this? What what is your intent? What is your why? Um, so something we always talk about every single time is disciplines. I, I'm super fascinated by people like you um, who have a lot to do. Um, you're managing a lot. You have um, a son who has the coolest name of all time, by the way. Like Ocean, come on. Like it's Thank always you. one of those things, you know, it's like my, my wife and I don't have kids, but we're like, we got to process this. We can't just have a name now. It's got to be like a dope name, you know? <laughs> we we are in the day and age of like crazy names. And I love it. I'm just going to name our kid River, you know? <clears throat> he did it. He did it. River crazy. It's like reminded me of Ocean <laughs> Club, you know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so what is your kind of weekly routine? Or even if you have like a daily rhythm, is I'm always fascinated by this. Um, we do have have a daily rhythm. When you have a toddler, that really forces you into uh, a daily rhythm. But um, for for me, I think that fun and family is, yeah. is very very important. And so uh, we start off our day with those those two things. So every day before anything happens, before any work starts, um, we get up and we have breakfast as as a family every single morning yeah. uh, the three of us we sit down at this table that i'm sitting at right now actually um and we have breakfast together and then we'll play for a little bit i always make sure to um try to put my phone down and have just intentional time with my son before he says dad i have a meeting um which is like the most heartbreaking thing to hear but also <laughs> right. yeah like i have to have a meeting because 
those Lightning McQueen toys I just stepped on will by themselves buffer you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so starting my day off with with family and just a, a good time. You know, we're we're music people, so we have music on. Some days it's worship music. Some days it's the Bridgerton soundtrack or the new Drake album. Yeah. Um, but just starting off the day all together uh, is very important. And then we end the day the way we started. Um, so no matter what craziness happens throughout the day, if I'm in a room, if my wife's in a room tucked away the whole day, if, you know, my, if Ocean is with his, uh, my in-laws or, you know, whatever, whatever the day could look like, even if we, you know, when I'm traveling, we still try to do this, but yeah. we end the day the way we started it. So we do dinner together. We all sit down basically every day. This is our routine and rhythm. We play, we try to have no phones or screens and just have moments of connecting and then ocean goes to bed and then my wife and I will usually watch a show or something and then we wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. Um, and so kind of sandwiching the day with family and fun for us is a rhythm that right now works. I know that's not realistic for everybody, um, but for me, I, I refuse to start my day until we've all connected. We're all on the same page. We've had breakfast. We feel good. We feel like a unit. Then we'll go on and, and do what we have to do that day. Yeah. Well, it's so cool. I, and I hope that even if you don't have a kid and you're listening to this, or you don't even have a wife and you're a 18 year old kid, just trying to figure it out that you understand that those principles can still work with you. Um, you can yeah, still, well, what are those to you? you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what are those to you values? Like those family and fun weren't always my values, but I did start right. off every day with whatever my value was in that season. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, if it is valuable to you and you look at your, your calendar, your calendar should tell you what's valuable to you. Well, your calendar will tell you what's valuable right. to you. You know, if you go back and look at every hour, how you spent your day, whatever the one added up the most to, that's a value to you. Mm -hmm. um, so figuring out, okay, is, am I happy with that? You know, if I was to right. literally measure every hour, everything I spent uh, emotional energy, physical energy on throughout that day, Am I happy with the ranking? Mm -hmm. If not, I need to rechange how I'm spending some time, some even emotional time, emotional energy to really make sure that whatever my value is in this season is happening. Family and fun is my number one value right now. So I need to make sure that if I look at my calendar, that that, that, that shows it. If not, I think I'm doing something wrong. And what's the point of routines, rhythms, and discipline if it doesn't match our values? If we're just mm -hmm. doing it for discipline's sake, then... Um, then I think that falls in line with being a Pharisee, quite honest. Um, you know, but if we're yeah. doing it because it's a value system that is attached to that discipline, that rhythm, yeah. then I believe that is a very, very healthy Jesus-focused lifestyle. Yeah, that's so great. Even this morning, I was talking to a youth pastor in Minnesota, and he is just talking about how, like, obviously consistency and discipline is absolutely needed, but he's just kind of feeling off. And I was like, well, we can get stuck in the mundane. And sometimes ministry life is mundane, sure. But there should be some sort of zeal or um, insight of like actual fruit of joy. Like, are you waking up excited or are you dreading the drive to the church office or your workplace? Um, for me, I wake up and go to my office five steps away from my bed. So um, same with you. Obviously. Yeah. But it's like, absolutely. Um, yeah, it still, it still works. Like we have to understand that obviously like what we do daily is it will become permanently like your daily habits shape your future, but also your daily habits don't have to define you. Like I, 
been around people who are so overly disciplined. Like you said, probably the, the Pharisee line or, or, or a religious kind of mundaneness to it. Um, that actually like God wants you to have fun and laugh and enjoy your day. Um, so Braylon, give us one last piece of advice. Maybe it's to a 50 year old viewer or a 16 year old kid trying to just figure out how the heck they found this video, but give us one last piece of advice. Um, you are, you are blessed with the people around you. Um, and you may think that, ah, I had, don't enjoy anyone or I'm 17. I live with my family. They're all annoying or I'm 50 and I'm by myself. And I, all I have is my annoying apartment neighbor or wherever you at. But I truly believe, um, that, that God puts people in our life in very specific seasons for a very specific reason. Um, and there are people that are around you right now that are a blessing um, from God and lean into those people, make those people feel special and valuable because there is something they can teach you. There's something they can provide for you. And I think that God uses people in beautiful and mysterious ways to make our every single day better. Um, and I, I, that was one. My second thing is every day uh, that you wake up, there's joy available for you. And I think that that is a perspective that if we want to, can change our entire lives. Yeah, so good. Well, Braylon, how do we find you? Um, how, like, how do we even hear about more about Faithful? Maybe if there's a creator watching this and like, hey, I want, I want to know this. How do we? How do yeah. We um, if you want more information on, on Faithful, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Get Faithful. Send us a direct message. Um, I'll personally respond. Would love to chat with you, tell you a little bit more about what we're doing. Um, you know, if you're a creator of any type or, or size, uh, we would love to, to have you on. Um, this isn't just a space for, you know, the biggest names. This is a space for anyone who uh, wants to make an impact. Mm -hmm. um, so you can then follow us and send me a uh, direct message at Get Faithful. And then you can find me on my Instagram at Braylon Oliver. It's not too exciting. It's just pictures of Ocean Wild, who I've talked about this whole time. No, that's so great. I that's all I'm I'm on the gram for is just uh, fan pics, you know. So you get it, you get yeah. it. Thank you so much for being on, man. I appreciate it. I hope that um, any viewer you would feel um, refreshed. You would hopefully had a notepad out, taking notes from Braylon's insight. Um, thanks, man, for being on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Such an honor. Also, everyone should follow Josh Andrews' Faithful channel, a fantastic channel. Check it out. Uh, and hopefully you would subscribe today. Hopefully subscribe now for uh, the same price. I'm not giving any discounts. So love you, you guys. Did it. <laughs>